Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. I am happy that you found me, but more importantly, I'm thrilled that you have found Jesus. Friends, there's power in the name of Jesus, and as we journey together, we'll be unleashing discoveries of how to turn hearts of stone into one's immoldable clay for the potter, Jesus, to transform. If you're new to our show, you'll find that this podcast has been built upon a foundation of biblical truths. And being a podcast, occasionally I will interject an opinion, but I do my best to let you know it's only my opinion and not a statement of fact. So hopefully you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, friends, we'll be delving into my mailbag, answering questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, friends, as we prepare to enter into God's presence today, allow me to speak a blessing over your life. This blessing comes to us in the form of a benediction given to us from Moses' brother, priest Aaron, straight out of the book of Numbers. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Well, friends, welcome back. If you've been following this podcast for any time at all, and if the, if this is your first one, welcome. And you know, as believers in Jesus, our job is to rule and reign victoriously with the Holy Spirit's guidance within our life. And one way is to assess honesty and dishonesty and its operations within our lives. Proverbs tells us plainly that God despises all forms of dishonesty, not just some. Not only does God hate dishonesty, but we're told it works against us. Others no longer trust us. We cannot even enjoy our dishonest gains. It's wiser to be honest because the godly escapes such trouble. And in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 13, Solomon puts it this way. The wicked are trapped by their own words, but the godly escape such trouble. You see, when we see this, when evil people twist and distort facts to support their claims, those who do this will eventually be trapped by their own lies that they tell. But for those who always tell the truth, the facts are plain and unvarnished, and they give an unshakable defense. Now, what about other people's opinions? Well, there's two proverbs that stand out, giving us a line of sight into others' opinions. First, leaders value those who speak honestly. And second, most people will appreciate truth in the end over flattery. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 13 puts it this way. The king is pleased with righteous lips. He loves those who speak honestly. And then Proverbs chapter 28, verse 23. In the end, people appreciate frankness more than flattery. I don't know about you, but if anyone has ever come near and they try to flatter you, in my opinion, that is such an insult. I mean, the truth always wins out. 
Proverbs also discusses our quality of life. We learn through, there's four Proverbs, the godly person's plans are just, they're truthful, witnesses, they do not lie, false witnesses, on the other hand, breathe lies. But truthful witnesses save lives, and the children of the righteous are blessed. Specifically, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 5 teaches the plans of the godly are just. The advice of the wicked is treacherous. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, a truthful witness saves lives, but a false witness is a traitor. Now more than ever, false witnesses are arising. Proverbs also provide short-term results and long-term results. We learn that ill-gotten gain has no lasting value. The righteous are rescued from trouble. While the evil are trapped by their own words, their fraudulent gain is sweet for a while, but it's not permanent. Long-term results teach us that good people are guided by their honesty. Truthful lips will endure. Riches gained quickly don't last, but the honest are kept safe. So, so far we've looked at the opinion of others, quality of life, short-term and long-term results, but we've saved the best here for last. And that is, well, what does God's opinion have to say? Because God does have an opinion. He says he delights in honesty. He delights in those who are truthful. He despises double standards. And he's pleased when we do what is right and just. And four Proverbs contain these opinions, starting with the first one found in chapter 11, verse 1 of Proverbs. We learn the Lord hates cheating, but he delights in honesty. The Lord also cares whether we keep our word or not. And as we grow more in his character, we learn in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22, that the Lord hates those who don't keep their word, but he delights in those who do. Additionally, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 10 says, The Lord despises double standards of every kind. And finally, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 3, The Lord is more pleased when we do what is just and right than when we give him sacrifices. And friends, I know personally, I am working toward when I say yes, I commit and say yes. Nothing changes that yes unless I'm literally so sick in bed or something, which is is a rarity. (laughs) But you get the point, is let your yes be yes and your no be no. Now, how is God described within Proverbs? God is aware of all that happens. You see, he knows the hearts of all people and he controls all things. God is a place of safety. He's our refuge and fortress biblically speaking. He rescues good people from danger. He condemns the wicked. He delights in our prayers and he loves those who obey him. God cares for poor and needy alike. He purifies our hearts, but again, he hates evil. Our job is to respond rightly to God, and we do this by fearing and reverencing God. We obey His word, we please God, and we place our trust in God. Now, we learn in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 12 and 13, when Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. 
I have carried out the Lord's command. Then what is all the bleeding of sheep and lowing of cattle I hear? Samuel demanded. Saul thought he had won a great victory over the Amalekites, but God saw it as a great failure because Saul had disobeyed him and then lied to Samuel about the results of the battle. You see, Saul may have thought his lie wouldn't be detected or that what he did wasn't wrong, but Saul was deceiving himself. So see, dishonest people soon begin to believe the lies they construct around themselves. Then they lose the ability to tell the difference between the truth and lies. You deceive yourself, you alienate yourself from God, and you lose credibility in all of your relationships. In the long run, honesty always wins out. David teaches us in Psalm chapter 24, verse 4, that everything belongs to God, the glorious eternal King. He says, only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. This refers to all lies, especially those that are told under oath. How greatly God values honesty. Dishonesty comes easily, especially when complete truthfulness could cost us something, make us uncomfortable, or put us in an unfavorable light. Dishonest communication hinders relationships. Without honesty, a relationship with God is impossible. If we lie to others, we'll begin to deceive ourselves. God cannot hear us or speak to us if we're building a wall of self-deception. So just how do we build this wall? Well, it's about what we feed our minds. This is just as important as what we feed our bodies. The kinds of books we read, the people we talk with, the music we listen to, and the films we watch. This is all a part of our mental diet. We must be discerning because what we feed our mind influences our total health and well-being. Thus, a strong desire to discover knowledge is a mark of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 14 puts it this way, A wise person is hungry for truth, while the fool feeds on trash. Another way to put it is, it's better to be poor and honest than to be a fool and dishonest. Micah chapter 7 verses 1 through 4 begins in a gloom and ends in hope. Micah watched as society rotted around him. Rulers demanded gifts. Judges accepted bribes. Corruption was universal. But God promised to lead the people out of darkness, of sin, and into his light. Then the people would praise him for his faithfulness. God alone is perfectly faithful, and Micah couldn't find a fair-minded person anywhere within the land. Even today, fair-mindedness, which just means uprightness, honesty, integrity, is difficult to find. Society rationalizes sin, and even believers sometimes compromise Christian principles in order to do what they want. It's easy to convince ourselves that we deserve a few breaks, especially when everyone else is doing it. 
But the standards for honesty come from God, not from society. We are honest because God is truth and we are to be like him. Many of the podcasts recently that I've discussed the Israelites and the Edomites. Recall that Esau gave away his birthright to Jacob over a bowl of stew and lentils. Yet there was still one element needed to receive the blessing from Isaac. As he lay upon his deathbed, Jacob hesitated when he heard Rebecca, that's his mother, her deceitful plan. Although he questioned it for the wrong reason, he questioned it because he had a fear of getting caught. He protested and thus gave her one last chance to reconsider. But Rebecca had become so wrapped up in her plan that she no longer saw clearly what she was doing. Sin had trapped her and was degrading her character. Correcting ourselves in the middle of doing wrong may bring us hurt and disappointment, but it also will bring freedom from sin's control. So we learn in Genesis chapter 27 verses 11 and 12, the scripture verse says this, but mother, Jacob replied, he won't be fooled that easily. Think how hairy Esau is and how smooth my skin is. What if my father touches me? He'll see that I'm trying to trick him and then he'll curse me instead of blessing me. Lies and deceit always carry a hefty price tag. Jacob experienced many consequences from going along with his mother's plan of deception. While it might not have been his plan, the mere fact that he went along with it made him guilty. For instance, he never saw his mother again after this incident. His brother Esau wanted to kill him, so he went the next 20 years on the run essentially from his brother. He would be deceived by his uncle Laban. His family became torn by strife. Esau became the founder of an enemy nation, the Edomites and he was exiled from his family for years. Ironically though, think on this, Jacob would have received both the birthright and the blessing anyway without having had to pull the shenanigans and the lies that he did. And we know this because in Genesis chapter 25 verse 23, Moses tells us, and the Lord told her, and here we're talking about Rebecca when she's pregnant with the twins in her belly, the sons in your womb will become two rival nations. One nation will be stronger than the other. The descendants of your older son will serve the descendants of your younger son. We can only imagine how different Jacob's life would have been had he and his mother waited for God to work his way in his time. Now, many of us can relate to waiting for God. And yes, while we grow impatient, the wait ultimately is always worth it. God can always make up for what appears to be lost time. And the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 55 verses 8 through 11, my thoughts are completely different from yours, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. 
For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. And you see, friends, God was not belittling you or me. He gave us our intellect. He gave us brains to use and to think through. But what we have to understand is that God is sovereign. He's complete and that our ways will never match up to his ways because he knows the beginning from the end. So we should never question what God does. And I use in almost every podcast, Romans chapter eight, verse 28. And that says that God works all things together for good to those that are called according to his purpose. So furthermore, Solomon teaches us in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25, there is a path before each person that seems right But in the end, it's death. And Solomon's not talking about a physical death. While that may happen from time to time, he here is talking about a spiritual death. We must follow the ways of God. You see, Jacob had been proud and oftentimes people take little account of their weaknesses and they don't anticipate the stumbling blocks that are sure to be seen through the weaknesses. They may believe and think they're above the frailties of common folk. In this state of mind, they're often tripped up. Proud people seldom realize that the pride is their problem. The Bible provides us with many examples where pride leads to disgrace. It produces arguments. It leads to punishment destruction. It ends in downfall and ultimately brings a person to humiliation. Conversely though, humility leads us to godly wisdom. It, we take advice in the form of godly counsel, leading people to honor and culminating in honor. You see, Proverbs is a direct and forceful Uh, lots of wisdom in rejecting pride. The proud attitude heads the list of the seven things God hates. Yes, I said hate. God has a hate list and it's a list born out of righteousness. Pride is harmful, but humility is much like Moses's description of a land flowing with milk and honey coming out of Genesis chapter three, verse 17 meaning that God told Moses to tell the people what he saw and what he heard at the burning bush. Our God is a God who acts and speaks. One of the most convincing ways to tell others about him is to describe what he has done and how he has spoken to his people. We need to explain to others what God has done for us. This is our testimony, and we need to be talking about what God has done for others that we know, either, you know, the people that we know within our lives or the people within the pages of the Bible. 
So friends, I hope that you're going to come back tomorrow for more biblical insights. And now friends, if you've not been spiritually reborn, wouldn't now make a great time? I mean, God made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven. A person must complete confess belief in his son, Jesus, by professing with their mouth. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through his son Christ. When we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes on our sins, making us right with God. Our sins then are placed onto Jesus at his crucifixion. His righteousness is given to us at our conversion. Now friends, we can never repay this extraordinary and extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus. However, we can show him deep gratitude by growing and making efforts to obey him, which deepens our relationship daily. So today, friends, if this is you, respectfully, I'm challenging you to take a bold step of courage and apply your faith openly, confessing after me. Father God, today I'm repenting of sin, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking. Jesus, I'm inviting you to come into my heart and take up residence as the president of my life. I confess your shed blood washed away my sin from the top of my head to the soles of my feet upon that cross at Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed this prayer of salvation, you were saved and you have been born again spiritually. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the Holy Spirit. And consider growing by joining a good Bible-based church surrounding yourself with other like-minded believers who will build up and help edify your faith in Jesus. Now allow me to be the first person to congratulate you on making the most important decision of your life. Congratulations and God bless you. Friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special children's podcast airs on Wednesdays when we're not in the middle of a series. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you've grown up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, spiritual warfare, how to be joyful, what love and action looks like, biblical trust, and many more topics. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on an adventure of all things Jesus. So please join me. And if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, ensuring you're going to get the latest releases as they become available. And friends, much of today's podcast referenced my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring or compelling, you can pick up a copy from my website at pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon or Barnes and Noble or even Dorrance.com. 
And importantly, though, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It is full of God's word and it's waiting for you to read it. Until next time, remember, you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. And in John, in Revelation chapter 22, verse 21, gives us this blessing. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless you. Thank you.